From the creators of Lime Voice and disappearing from society comes a brilliantly simple idea. But this time, it comes as a book. Imagine a world in which birds can talk like people. You'll get a bird's eye view of life with Lyme disease, as one bird family must unite to overcome the obstacles of life with Lyme disease. Guaranteed to make you laugh and cry. Written in a way that helps you articulate the losses you are experiencing as a household, while simultaneously empowering you to keep fighting. Little Bite, Big Trouble is available today at Amazon.com. So we had, you know, I set it up. I had music playing. You know, it was kind of like, you know, like a game night where we were just there. And oh, man, we played for hours. It was, it was awesome. awesome. You know, <laughs> like it was such a great time. And we laughed. And fun is huge. Yes. If, if for us, I can go through anything as long as I have some time to have fun. Yes. If I can laugh wholeheartedly, I can take on anything. And so we make it a point to laugh a lot. <laughs> That's awesome. Congratulations, Lime Fighter. Today you had the courage to open your eyes and face another day. Welcome to Lime Voice. This show's purpose is to help you put the puzzle pieces of Lime into place. Each episode is designed to inspire, educate, and encourage you on your Lyme journey to wellness. Together we will fight. Together we will heal. Together we will live. Here are your hosts, Aaron and Sarah Sanchez. Welcome, friends. Welcome to another episode of Lyme Voice. With me today, I'm excited to announce Sarah. Yay! <laughs> made it back. I made it back. Yeah, I'm very excited to be here. I have a little bit of renewed energy and stamina because my kids are all in school. Yes. <laughs> At least most of them. Um, so that has been a huge, huge help to me just this last week yeah. where I feel like I'm kind of above water some days, most days. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of tasks that we need to do and having the kids home was making it hard to do extra tasks like recording episodes yeah yeah i mean i've i feel like honestly every time we produce an episode it's like an act of god because <laughs> it takes so much effort <laughs> i know yeah we're excited to be able to do it and and it's such a fun task but sometimes it can be laborious and it is but what is awesome about this episode is that for the first time we have a corporate sponsor oh yeah. baby yeah <laughs> And the crowd rejoices. Yay! So we have our first corporate sponsor. We are so excited to be partnered with them. You'll be hearing more about them in this episode. And then Lex and Patty are our guests today. And they have a different style than we do. But I love their different approach. And they have a podcast called Dear Friends and Family. And for the last several years, they've been dealing with fibromyalgia, and Lex actually has been diagnosed with small fiber neuropathy. And they, as a family, have had to completely change the way they make a living. They've had to change the way they operate day to day because of their health, because of the financial restrictions. And 
they are very isolated and alone. And so many of you guys understand that you are, a lot of us are isolated and we yeah, are I alone. I feel like so many of us are singing. I mean, even Lex and Patty, they're just singing the same tune as we are. They just have a different diagnosis than, but really at the base of it, chronic illness is what we're all dealing with. And whether yeah. or not you say you put a fibromyalgia name on it or a Lyme or muscle neuropathy, <laughs> if I say that right. But it, what's really exciting is just their attitude. I really want you guys to grasp that. They've been such an encouragement to me as I've listened to their podcast over the past couple months. And I really hope that they can be another puzzle piece in your journey to health or your journey to beating Lyme. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's no one way to go about all of this stuff. And one of the things that I appreciated about their back and forth was they are just very open and honest about things that they did mm -hmm. well, things that they didn't do well. I feel like they've had discussions. They're way ahead of us. Like we languished for a lot of years where we didn't really get to be on the same page, you and I, and say, okay, this is no longer working. How do we now make this work? And understanding that our lives are going to look different. Our livelihoods are going to look different. We are not going to be able to travel for work the way we used to. And so there's all these limitations that you have to live within at the same time while you're trying to save your life or have a decent quality of life. You still have all these other limitations and really just they do a great job of trying to make the most of it and, you know, having a good warm environment for their kids and man, it's a struggle and they're going through it just like us and so many of you all. So I hope you enjoy this episode. I'm really excited for this fall and being able to be back on air. We have some phenomenal episodes lined up and professionals from all over the country that we're interviewing. And I think you guys will just get a lot of value out of it. And please keep, keep contacting us and sending us information. It's so encouraging. Yeah. It really is. There is so much effort that goes into every episode that when you get a Facebook message or something saying that what they heard helps them in their own journey or help them within their family. That is to me what makes my story worth telling mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. we don't want people to suffer. We don't want them to languish in that indecision and doubt and not knowing what to do. And so it is. They... Lex and Patty mentioned how healing it is when people benefit from their story. And we've absolutely found the same thing. Yeah. Makes it worthwhile. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's therapeutic. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, good. I'm not alone or I'm not the only one who thinks that way. And then trying to figure out how to move forward and do the next best thing. We know you guys will enjoy Lex and Patty, And you can, again, you can find all their information on our show notes page at linevoice.com. Hello. Hello, guys. Hey, how's it Hello. going, guys? Hi. Good morning. How's everybody feeling this morning? Ah, uh, kind of hurting, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Patty and Lex, are you ready to help us help put the puzzle pieces of health into place? Heck Absolutely. yeah. All right. <laughs> Perfect. Have you guys sold any t-shirts? Uh, up to nine. Yeah, up to nine. We need to sell two more and they'll ship. We're yes. like, come on, people. 
Yeah. <laughs> I know we wanted to, we, we didn't do ours yet, but we wanted to buy one. Yeah, we haven't done ours yet. But that was like a goal will. for the morning, but I decided to cook our kids breakfast instead. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I would love to get a photo of you guys in our shirt. Heck yeah. Oh, Michael. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I want to hook you guys up with um, Marie Gray. Yes. We interviewed her, and um, that was our interview about Lyme disease. So Yeah, I, she, I heard that one. Yeah, she has a blog called, uh, what is it? Uh, Thewomanworks.com. Yeah. Um, and she's just, she's really sweet. I absolutely adore her. So I want to hook the two of you up. She bought one, which is cool. I'm excited to see her. Heck yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah I, I had seen it last week and Sorry. I was like, oh, I love this. I actually looked at the whole campaign thing and. It's actually really it's, easy. Yeah, it's really cool. And actually, uh, as soon as we're done with this one, we're actually going to be doing uh, another one for our other show. In September. Remi- in September, the Remix Radio Show. They're, oh, yeah. So I don't know if you guys have heard that. That was yeah. it's it's fun. So Lex has been a DJ for 20 years. plus years. Yeah. And so we have a lot of DJ connections. And so we made friends with this guy who is an awesome DJ at some of the clubs in town. And he started this podcast called the Remix Radio Show. And it's fun and stupid and yeah, hilarious. And, it, and, and it's doing great. It's and doing so great. we do all the production and producing for it. So it's yeah. Cool. Oh, nice. Yeah. Awesome. So we, we do a lot of production and producing for other shows too. Like we, yeah. you know, we do editing and all that stuff. Uh, you know, wow. we've got a massive state of the art production DJ studio. So our short term goal is building a podcast network mm-hmm. and the long term goal is actually to build a radio station. Nice. So, um, yeah. That's where that's the direction that we're going. Lex has been in sound and engineering for years and years <laughs> and years. And yeah. I have been a musician and singer all of my life, and so we're just really like, I don't know, we gave up the, we were we were in metal fabrication for a year, yeah. and uh, we, you know, we gave that up, and here we are. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually one of, uh, I've got a 65 Chevy pickup that is one of my last clients from my old shop that I've been working on his truck in my garage just a little bit at a time because Mm -hmm. you can only stand for 15 minutes at a time. So it's like, so, you know, he's been really kind and very like, he loves my work and he's like, dude, take your time as long as it takes. I really (laughs) want you to build my truck. And I was like, sounds good. I'll do it. Awesome. So, yeah. Sorry. We're very nervous and talkative. (laughs) No, (laughs) No, you're great. No, don't apologize. Uh, We've been looking forward to like getting a dialogue with you guys. Yeah. Because we're, I mean, we're, we have similar stories because I'm in, um, so I'm the healthy one. Um, and I know you guys both struggle, uh, Alex, with your muscle, what was the name of your muscle spasms again? I actually have small fiber neuropathy and it's uh, a nerve. The small fibers of his muscles are sick. His immune system is causing his small fibers to think that they're constantly running a marathon. So when he stands up, because his long fibers are fine, so he still has mobility control. Mm -hmm. But when he stands up, those small fibers immediately say, you just ran 30 Mm -hmm. miles, and they cramp and seize and... Yeah, we've never received that diagnosis, but Sarah's experienced almost very similar uh, effects with just the ultra fatigue Mm -hmm. where it's just really wiping her out. Um, So it's very similar. I really like your 
picture, Patricia, of the with by the microphone. Ah, thank you. <laughs> I love awesome. that. Too. We have a photo studio in our house, so I love taking pictures, and so does my husband, and mm-hmm. we have a lot of fun with that. We awesome. actually get our kids into it too. Oh, yeah. uh, our oldest, Lavana. Uh, that picture with me and her and the mic, Lavana actually took that. That was our oldest. Oh, th- that's so cool. Yeah, yeah, she took that picture. And so it's like uh, we were starting a photography company called A-Team Photography. And it's just a family thing where everybody yeah. in the family takes pictures of whoever comes in. And it's actually really cool. Yeah. Huh. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Wow. <laughs> we incorporate our kids in everything we do. I mean – uh, my youngest is learning how to DJ. Um, I'm also an artist, so I do a lot of drawing and um, design work. So my uh, middle son, AJ, is really into fabrication and art, and yep. he's just all about that. And then our oldest is into just crazy music. amount of music. So. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. she actually is in sixth grade. She's the only sixth grader to place in advanced orchestra, which is like my Aww. pride and joy because she Aww. plays the cello and she's like, her cello is as big as she is. <laughs> <laughs> but I played cello for nine years, so it's like, I'm so Aww. happy that she loves it. And then she's also in choir and yeah, she's she writes her own music. She's actually writing a song for her choir right now. Aww. Like super talented, awesome kids. We just sort of, push like not push but we just sort of give them an open environment to be whoever they want to be and explore whatever they want to explore we really do it as a like attraction rather than promotion like we you know we show them hey this is what we're doing if you want to do this i'll show you how to do it and you know and we allow them to really just kind of explore their imaginations as far as like what they want to do and how they do things so they're yeah anyways about it No, it's that's like one of the reasons initially Aaron had listened to some of your guys' podcasts. He's like, I want to interview these guys because they're so cool. They're so connected to their kids. They're so positive in the face of so much loss. And yes. that's hard to find. It is. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. And we're on the same journey, even as far as trying to incorporate our kids and trying to work from home because we both used to work outside the home in a lot of hours and so we're on this whole entrepreneurial journey to be able to like we've just lost a lot of years and Mm -hmm. you know good stuff comes out of it but we had a weird combination of my going way downhill right after we adopted two kids with attachment disorder and so it created this awful environment to try to do family stuff because they literally couldn't cope with it for about three years um they screamed all the time. They, uh, it was just massive. They had gone through a lot of trauma, but I was so sick. I couldn't even do it. So we feel like a couple years back, we really like lost the art of conversation and enjoyment because we didn't have any downtime together because we were in crisis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things that we've noticed, especially from interviewing people and just from our life in general in time of crisis, you either your family will either come together or just blow apart because, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and we've noticed that with other families and other people that we've interviewed that it really comes down to for us, we came together because she was sick before I was. She She's had fibromyalgia for three years now. No, no, honey, it's been 
uh, what's the year? 2015. Oh my God, he's right. (laughs) (laughs) It feels like a lot longer. Yeah, it does. Because it was 2012. And it just, for me, it's like, oh, come on. It's been like at least five years. (laughs) (laughs) And for me, I've been sick for about a year, a little bit over a year. Hmm. And so. Now that I know. Yeah. I know the exact date that he got sick. And so it was like I was first taking care of her and, you know, dealing with this, with this. And honestly, we came together then because I was, you know, at first I was kind of struggling with it. Like, really? What's up with the brain fog? Like, why are you forgetting everything? Okay, but it was also like very dramatic yes. how I got sick. Um, hmm. I It was like right before Christmas in 2011 and I got a phone call from my gynecologist because I was, I was just, so I had... I had become a runner <laughs> and I never ran. Like I had broken my hip when I was three years old and I was never a runner. Uh-huh. And so I had become a runner and I had lost a ton of weight and I was like really freaking healthy. And um, I had just run my first 5K. And then the next day I went to the gym and I ran four miles. And I came home and I sat down in a chair <coughs> and like I couldn't lift my arms. Like I couldn't get up out of the chair. I literally slept in the chair all night. Uh-huh. And then I woke up and I felt even worse. And then I started bleeding. And I went to my gynecologist and she's like, let's run some tests. So she ran some tests. And so it's right before Christmas and I get this phone call. And they're like, you have cancer. Uh-huh. Oh, my and gosh. I'm, and I'm yes. like, I have what? and this whole time this whole time we're dealing with this she's not registering this she's like oh it's no big deal it's just cancer Mm -hmm. babe it's yeah i like totally blew it off but at the same time i suddenly got very very ill and i Mm -hmm. couldn't get up out of bed i was constantly bleeding and so my doctor said we're taking it out we're taking your uterus we're going to take it all out and you should be fine And so they did surgery in January of 2012. And at my six-week appointment after surgery, after having my hysterectomy, I still hadn't recovered. Like she was Mm. like, four to six weeks, you'll be back to normal and feeling great. And while I had been waiting for my surgery, my blood pressure had dropped so low that I was fainting all the time. I couldn't get up out of bed. Yeah, that was scary. Yeah, that was really scary. Like I would stand up from a chair and the next thing I knew, someone's standing over me going, are you okay? Right. You know, and, and she did that a couple times in our shop. Like, yeah. you know, our employees are in a metal fabrication shop. Yeah. Like our employees <laughs> are like, Oh my Whoa. God. You know, and I'm out of the shop and I get this call. Hey, it, you know, my, my employees are completely terrified. Cause like, Oh my God, my boss's wife is just passed just out laying on the floor, just laying on the floor. <laughs> and so yeah. I get this call and they're just, you know, just completely like, ah, oh, your wife is on the ground. What do we do? Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay, just try to get her up. I'll be there as soon as I can. And, so it was really like, it was so dramatic when it, yeah. when it happened. But I, you know, I, I they did surgery. I was cancer free and I went to my six week appointment and I'm like, I still can't get out of bed. Yeah. Like I am, I am in so much pain and I am not healing and I have no energy. And she was like, you need another doctor. Huh. <laughs> Well, she's a gynecologist. She's like, everything there is fine. You are healed. You have no more cancer. You have no more uterus. Like you, I don't need to see you for three years. Like, 
you're good down there, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like, I've done my part. Yeah. I, got, yeah, yep, yep, I got yep. the green light to have sex. She's like, just go yeah. about your day, you know? So I went to my PC and he sent me to a rheumatologist and he touched me and all these points and only there was like, what? There's like 16 to 18. Yeah. What are they? 16 Fibre, points. Yeah, 16 points on your body that indicate you have fibromyalgia if it hurts. Right. And I had all but two. And the rheumatologist was like... And now I bet it's all 16. Yeah. The (laughs) rheumatologist was like, listen, fibromyalgia is a snowball rolling down a hill and it is only going to get worse if you don't stop it now. And you need to find ways to manage your pain and not by narcotics. Narcotics are a blanket that you throw over a screaming child. The child just gets louder. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I started, you know, at this point I was in recovery and... Um, I had been sober for 10 and a half years, but it came down to the fact that no medications were working and I had to try something. So I right. tried marijuana and it literally changed my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, wow. changed, it changed our life because it kind of created a uh, huge blow up in our family between me and her. Cause, uh, I didn't tell him that I tried. Yeah. Oh, was, and we were sober. Yes. <laughs> oh man. Yes. So this yeah. this and and we in our vows we made two packs. One was to never cheat, and one was to never use. Mm. And so that really like when she ended up using, you know, marijuana, it was like, uh, you just broke one of our things, and I. It was very difficult to like. <laughs> sure. It took me a very long time to get over it. Yeah. And then uh, eventually when I got sick, I tried it and it actually worked. And it's actually the only thing that works for me. Right. right. And so I'm just like, crap. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, she was wrong. So wrong. And yet so right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And you bring up a really great point because I went through the same thing. I was on medications for years and years that were never working, but that was all I had. Mm -hmm. And once I finally understood, I didn't even understand that marijuana could be used for pain relief. And so it took, it took us a while But as I've talked to other friends who are now living with chronic illnesses and I'm like, hey, this should you should consider this as an option. It's been interesting because people who have a past with it are very apprehensive. Yep. And it creates I've heard that that tension like, okay, this is not what we stand for as a household. We don't want this in our house. And yet you have people living with chronic illnesses. And it's one of the few things that does help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was pretty funny though. Like after we sort of like came out about having tried it medically, a ton of our friends and family were also doing the same thing, <laughs> and so it was like not that big of a deal. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't a big deal to some, but to to well, other yeah, like people in my family. I, I mean, I've yeah. I was disowned by my foster dad, and oh, <laughs> yeah. so because it, of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. You know, yeah. they 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 just saw it as a relapse, and this was just an excuse. Uh, mm. And, that, and I'm that he's faking it. it. Yeah, that I'm faking it. Oh. That's a big one. He's faking his illness. We had a, we had a Reiki healer come to the house. What's a and- Reiki healer? Okay, so it's like a massage therapist, but for your energy. 
Okay. So, like, they don't touch you. They, at least that's, but he, he ended up trying massage therapy and that didn't work for Lex because Mm -hmm. touching him in that way creates spasms. It actually set me off and I, I was, oh man. And the guy was, he felt so bad because he, he has worked with thousands of people and. But did I explain what a Reiki healer is? No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Okay. So they, they work with your energy and they try to like put it back in line and, um, it's been, you know, they've they've proven to be able to relieve pain by moving your energy and healing your energy. Yeah. So, so like the meridian lines and all that. Exactly. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And so, you know, it's this guy had, had dealt with, uh, you know, thousands of people and he was trying to work with me and he was barely touching me. He's like, man, I am putting almost no pressure on you. Five grams. Yeah. Five Five grams of pressure on his skin. And he triggered spasms everywhere. And he just, he, he, I felt so bad because he was just, the guy was felt bad. Yeah. He was completely distraught. Like he, he came to me the next day and he was like, listen, I have worked with thousands of people. And I can tell when someone is faking it and your husband is not faking mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And both of us just started crying. Yeah. Thank God that somebody yeah. sees what I see on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Was that one of your first like acknowledgements that what was going on was real for you guys? Yeah, besides the neurologist. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all the doctors have seen it and they know that it's real and they – but. As far as family and friends, we have lost so many relationships because mm-hmm. they say that Lex is faking this. Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, I've I've been I've been struggling with this. And that was definitely like one of the times that just really like made it real for me. Mm-hmm. Because it, you know, like it excuse my language, but it's a real mind f- when you know, when you're sitting down and you feel like you can go run a marathon, man. You feel like you can do anything. And, you know, and I'm ADHD, so I'm, I'm all about like, <laughs> moving and going. And, but the moment I stand up, yeah. I, I just feel like I ran that marathon and I feel like I need a break and I feel like I need to lay back down. And so it's just messes with your head. And when somebody tells you you're faking it, it really just intensifies that. For me, you know, but it's not even just somebody telling you that you're faking it. It's multiple people who at one point Mm -hmm. in your life you used to trust are now telling you that you're faking something that your wife is witnessing every day. And it's not humanly possible (laughs) to have that many aliens moving in your body at once. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know. We always we always joke about it that I you know I'm. It I'm, looks like there's aliens under his skin, like worms moving around. Like it's so because the muscle, it's the just spasming. Fiber yep, yep. is pulling and spasming. And my veins just start to come out of my skin. Yeah, like it's, it's a big old Hulk yeah. muscle builder. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> look like the Hulk, man. I'm all like ripped, and uh, you know, yeah. Actually, the funny thing is when I got sick. I was 220 pounds, and now I'm 155. Wow. And, and I've spent- And he's ripped. Like, he's got a six-pack. Like, his <laughs> his muscles are all defined, and it's because they're constantly working out. Yeah. yeah. I've been in bed most of, like, almost 90% of the last year. Yeah. yeah I believe and, it. 
and I've lo- and I've been eating like I, I I've got a healthy appetite. <laughs> Worst diet and workout plan ever. <laughs> right? Effective, but worst. Yeah, I want my money back. <laughs> no kidding. Hey friends, I wanted to tell you about Bluebird Botanicals. They produce and distribute high quality CBD oil. From seed to production, they watch every single step very carefully. We really love their product. It has become a staple in our in our supplement cabinet. Yeah, and also I don't travel without it. It is a must have for us. And you know, with supplement companies, it's so important to know the company that you're using. Yeah, to know the integrity of the company. Yeah. What's so neat about this company is they really do create an excellent product. And when we were thinking of starting Line Voice, this was the type of product we wanted to yeah, endorse. Absolutely. Products that were effective and safe and... They do what they say they do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the folks at bluebirdbotanicals.com were so excited about what we're doing here with Lime Voice that they graciously offered a 25% discount to all of our listeners. Simply enter promo code LIMEVOICE25 for a 25% off discount. If you're interested in trying high-quality CBD oil, they offer a discounted rate to people on a fixed income. And when I first heard about this offer, it made me like the company even more. And as a consumer, I felt like we were now on a joint venture because my purchases were going towards helping other people. That is bluebirdbotanicals.com and enter promo code LIMEVOICE25. You know, I went through a lot of very similar stuff like that where my I had severe atrophy because I had basically been in bed majority of the time on and off for seven years. And by the end, you know, my legs were cramping so often that I had all this really defined muscle and yet I couldn't even stand. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's so insane. I'm so mad at him. Like, I've had to give up gluten. I've had to give up cheese. I've had to give up sugar. And I'm still not at my weight I want to be at. This is perfect. But, but I got to be honest, though. She has lost 70 pounds. Wow. Wow. Five pounds, you know? And she has been doing a lot of good things to get her health. Yes. You know, because it's funny because the doctor told her, you know, if you lose, if you lose, what was it? Oh, no. He told me if you would lose, you know, 75 pounds and get down to a size 12, your fibro symptoms would be gone. (laughs) And I'm a size 12 and I've lost 75 pounds and my fibro symptoms are stronger than ever. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so obviously weight was not the problem, although it did cause a lot of, of other problems, right? right? Yes. Other pains and mm-hmm. other, like a lot of my back pain has gone away. Mm-hmm. A lot of my knee pain has gone away. A lot of my ankle weakness has gone away, mm-hmm. right? Like those things have been solved, which is great. And I'm, I'm really happy and I feel better than I have in my entire life. Like my mother saw me the other day and she's like, I think you're skinnier than you were in high school. (laughs) (laughs) So that feels good, you know? Right. But the fibro, the the exhaustion that you're talking about, just... Yeah. Yeah. 
Somebody, please let me sleep another 12 hours. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then... So- how does it sleep. sleeping like how does your lime uh, affect your sleeping like do, do you you know do you do the split shift thing you know I have um, I for a lot of years just did not sleep and I could not nap and I still take two prescriptions to sleep and you know for the most part I am sleeping I still have days like if I've overexerted and I twitch. So like I've had several days recently where I was twitching pretty mm-hmm. bad at night and it makes it to where I can't sleep. And so, you know, sometimes I get up and sometimes I just <laughs> <laughs> wait for it to pass because I'm too tired to really get up and read or get up and care about something. Yeah. Um, I just lay there like, yeah, I'm awake. But, you know, juicing actually helps me sleep if i don't juice i struggle to sleep and so it's juicing hey like when i had a juicer yeah like you make yourself fresh juice everybody has been saying that it helps their pain symptoms it does it helps it helps so many things and for me it keeps everything moving very well but it's really i sleep better and i have more energy let's put it this this way i sold my f350 for produce money. <laughs> wow. That's how well the juicing has worked. I mean, I literally sold my truck so we'd have money to buy organic produce for her to juice. That's yeah. Awesome. That's awesome. That is so, so do you cool. guys have like a juicer that you recommend? Yeah, you know, there's a couple great ones. We use Champion Juicer because you can juice a lot at one time. So I actually juice for me, Aaron, and our Nathan, who has lime. Which in your guys' situation with two of you, it'd be worth it because you'll burn out a regular one pretty quick. (laughs) I've had mine for about two and a half years and it looks like it's 30 years old because I use it all the time. (laughs) That's That's awesome. awesome. It's got 30 years of use for sure. Yeah, Yeah. we totally need to check that out. Yeah, if you guys start looking um, on Amazon and sometimes eBay, if you kind of start searching for it, you can occasionally find someone that just needs to get rid of one in fact yeah we buy a lot of them on ebay used and then give them to people who want them yeah that's or, awesome that is so cool you guys are awesome so we'll yep. keep our eyes open for you guys <laughs> heck yeah all right yeah that's- we try if we can pick it up for under 100 bucks we usually try to get it because there's always someone who wants one or needs one and yeah <laughs> yeah, you know, you gotta you gotta figure out those tools and all the things that help give you a little bit of an edge because we need it. We need oh, so yeah. much help. So have we have we started the show? I'm so sorry. Like, yeah, you know, just, we we just kind of fell into it, didn't we? Well, yeah. we <laughs> I imagine you know part of part of what we've already talked about. I'm definitely gonna record or edit in, but. Um, we do kind of keep the fight, heal, live format. So you guys have been basically telling us so far your fight story. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And so what we talk about is really that fighting is just a mindset. It's coming to this place where you're like, okay, it doesn't matter if people don't believe us. This is what we have mm-hmm. to do to make it work for our household. This yep. is how we meet people's needs. And, you know, even you guys talking about having a camera set up, that just creates an environment where the illness doesn't consume your household. Yeah. So we did fall into a point where the illness did consume our household. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course. So 
Of uh, course. Yeah. Tell us like how that evolved and what decisions you guys made to fight. Well, what happened was, is that for six months after I collapsed in the shop uh, and finding out through the doctors and things like that, we just kind of closed down. Like we just, mm-hmm. as a family, we just kind of circled the teepees and just. And we just disconnected, man. Yeah, we, we, we got off Facebook. Like we, so we had a metal fabrication shop and. Uh, Lex got sick on April 1st, 2014. He just collapsed and he never recovered. And these muscle spasms started. And um, I, his dream was this metal fabrication shop. Mm-hmm. And I had learned all of his skills. And so mm-hmm. for six months with my fibro and everything, I took on a metal fabrication shop by myself. Whoa. And, um, and, and I, did, I did okay. I, I kept things... Just from drowning, right? right. <laughs> she actually did a great job. I mean, I'm only one woman. Yeah, I mean, for the size of the shop and for every, all the amount of work that we were getting, she did amazing. I mean, it was it was it was too much. For At the one end of person. six months, I sat down and I just started crying and I said, "I'm so sorry. I can't keep your dream alive anymore." And I was in too much pain. It was killing me physically yeah. and emotionally and mentally. And I had no energy left for my family. I had, and he was getting worse. And I had no energy left to take care of him. Right. And so, and the the bills were piling up. And so we decided to shut the shop down. And we, you know, got out of there. And all of a sudden, our house was filled with <laughs> shop. Right. Yes. We took a we car took, parts. Mm, and- you know, cars and, cars and, and yeah, machinery I mean, and I mean just uh, the entire house was filled with this stuff and 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 then I started to feel really sick uh, right yeah. and, and her- I started throwing up every day mm-hmm. and I I started having like excruciating amounts of pain in my side and I went to a doctor and they're like well it sounds like your gallbladder but it seems to be functioning fine so they yeah. like this they did this mm-hmm. they did these tests and they found that my gallbladder was overly fine. <laughs> and it, it was it overproducing. Was, it was overproducing. <laughs> that so sucks. That we are were, definitely yeah. overproducers, but dude, really? I know, I know, I know. Overachievers, but damn. Seriously. <laughs> so you know, once they battled it out with the insurance, they decided that they were going to take it out. So I'm in the hospital. And, uh, few, and meanwhile, I can't move. And, and he's and, stuck at home with the three mm-hmm. kids. And my grandmother is in a building, uh, a few buildings away from me, dying. Uh, and I get a phone call that uh, my family has come to my home and that my home is not a safe place for my children. And they've taken my children from my husband <gasps> while my husband was sleeping. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yes. So it turned into quite... The drama, and I'm stuck in a hospital. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys! My mom steps in because my mom is amazing, amazing, mm-hmm. and the reason that I have a roof over my head today and is my hero in every way, mm-hmm. shape, and form. And she stepped in and she took my children and she gave Lex a break for a couple of days and she took them to school and did all of that while I healed. Mm-hmm. And and meanwhile, like I gotta I gotta state this real fast just because it's uh, when you know I woke up. And the kids were gone. I freaked. Yeah. Like I was, I was just like, "Dude, are you kidding me?" Yeah. And so it was. It was a very scary moment in our lives, and that yeah. was I think, rock bottom right there. Yeah. Right. 
Um, My physical ability plus his physical ability was not equaling a good environment for our Yeah, I would always say that. Like, we're doing so much, we're working so hard, and it feels, like, woefully insufficient on Mm -hmm. every level. Oh, yeah. Yes, and there's there's physical evidence of that. Right. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to have someone step in and say, this isn't safe. Yeah. And then to inappropriately take children from us. Like, it was just, it was... It was rock bottom. Yeah. yeah. And so at, at I got out of surgery. I came home and I busted my, I didn't care if my stitches were going to come out. <laughs> I didn't care what anybody had to say about my health in that moment. I busted and I put our house back together. Yeah. And, um, and this is why she's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> right around this time, you know, we're, we're, I'm stuck in bed. And, you know, the doctor is starting to just look at me and go, I don't know if I'm going to be able to fix this. He literally said, I think you need a smarter doctor. Yes. Wow. Okay, but that's huge. Like, I was, we were having this conversation yesterday where I, at one point, when I'm in a wheelchair having seizures, I'm dying, I cannot regulate my blood sugar or my blood pressure. Mm -hmm. And my doctor, after like five years, says, because I had said, I feel like I'm dying and nobody is paying attention. And she goes, it's not that I'm not paying attention. It's just that I have no idea what to do for you. And yesterday I'm like, you know, if she would have said that five years earlier, that would have been huge. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So like our doctor is now actively working to get Lex's medical file in a state that um, Lex can be taken over by a smarter doctor. Yes. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, so they're trying to get – so I have the, the lucky privilege of being one of two of my doctor's worst patients. He has never <laughs> seen a case – like he's only seen one case in his entire career, and he's an older doctor um, of small fiber neuropathy. He's never seen a worse case. Yeah. Wow. And so, you know, all of this is going on, and we just had to look at each other and go, you know what? This is life now. Yep. This, this is, is our new normal. This is life. And so at this point, this is where I start to just tar- start to just take inventory of my skills, my equipment, what I have. Because, you know, I'm thinking I still need to be able to provide for my family. I right. still need to be able to, like, live. And so, you know, for the next few months, I'm doing research and I'm and I'm in bed. I can't move. So all I can do is just surf the Internet and, and come up with stuff and and I came across Pat Flynn and his passive income right. uh, uh, website, and it just kind of clicked for me. And I was like, okay, I've been a professional DJ for 21 years. Uh, I've been in the sound industry. I've toured with bands. I've done all this stuff. And I'm, uh, for lack of a better word, I am an expert at tech. Right. And so I decided, okay, this is something I can honestly do from bed if I have to. I can set up a microphone with a boom mic over my bed so that I can talk on the mic. And so... Meanwhile... (laughs) (laughs) Patty's off to the side, barely keeping things together and falling apart. Yes. And so, I mean, this is all happening and I'm trying to figure out how we're going to survive as a family. Patty is working her ass off trying to try to figure out how to 
just pay the bills and keep the lights on and keep right. stuff on. I mean, we spent most of the summer without water. I mean, without gas. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we had no hot water. We had, you know, so the kids were taking cold showers. But luckily in Arizona, it's 100 plus degrees. So a cold shower <laughs> is just fine. That's right. Make them go play outside for an hour and then jump in the shower. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they loved it. They were like, you know, after it worked out. So we're very creative. You know, uh, we were... Mm -hmm cooking on our skillet we were cooking on our grill we were you know we were pizza on the grill is so good yes isn't it yes. <laughs> so good um and so you know all of this is going on and i'm trying to figure this out so at this point i decide okay i'm gonna start selling some of my equipment and i'm gonna set up a professional studio and i had to ask patty first i was like babe is it okay if i set up a, a professional studio so that we can go down this path yeah and show me what you got exactly awesome. and so i started selling my gear i sold cars i sold uh axles and i sold all, all kinds, kinds of crap all kinds of stuff to just be able to put this this uh you know and luckily i had most of the equipment already but i had to buy some really high dollar equipment in order to make it a real viable studio mm -hmm. right so I was able to do that. I wasn't able to get everything I wanted, but I got enough. Got everything to, you needed. Everything I needed. <laughs> so I got the first stage, you know, but uh, that's when it really just started to come alive. And right, I, so then, then one night, this is, where, <laughs> this is when Patty finally steps up and gets involved. <laughs> one night while I'm sleeping, Lex makes a video and it's oh, called okay. Dear Friends and Family. Point five, right? Zero point, point zero five. Point zero five, whatever. Yes. 0.5. And uh, it's a little video of him talking to our friends and family. Okay, hold on. Before you say that, before you that's all right. We're about to launch. I just spent a ton of money on brand new equipment, brand new stuff, all kinds of stuff. Not a and, ton of money, but <laughs> yeah. Money. But, all you had. Yeah, all we had. <laughs> there you go. The studio. And our supercomputer that I built ten years ago. Dies, dies, oh. Our, totally dies. I mean, this this thing is a monster, a beast. Six hard drives, like just everything, and it has all of our stuff in it, and it fries, and we lose everything. Oh. And like, oh. I said, I'm a techie. I had, you know, we had all this stuff. He had all this stuff set up for this. Uh, yeah, it was insane. Yes. And so, point five, dear friends and family, point five is on YouTube. And it's him whining. And it's me whining <laughs> about the fact that I just lost all of my stuff. Right. We're about to launch on the Monday after this video, and we have nothing. Oh, wow. And so, so I wake up in the morning <laughs> and I see this video. <laughs> and suddenly I realize that this is not what Dear Friends and Family is about. <laughs> right? So it's like, you know what? How about we take this to a whole nother level, okay? You and I have been so isolated that nobody knows what's going on with us. Right. And I guarantee you that there are millions of people out in the world who feel exactly the same way that we do. Let's, yeah. go, find let's go find them and, so and let's talk to them and let them share their story and let them have a platform to say, I'm not dead. Like, <laughs> yeah. be a part of my life. And this, this is, is a this new is my normal. story. This is my new normal. This is 
And I'm okay. I'm still living life. I'm still living. I'm still doing the things that are important to me. Right. And Lex was like, let's do it. <laughs> Dear friends and family was born. Yes. I mean, Patty just brought it to the next level. And it really like the whole show was originally started so that we could let communicate communicate to, with people because you know it hurts for me to type on the on, on you know so it, it, i can't always be chatting right i can talk and we don't have cell phones we and, don't have cell phones you know, we don't we can't text somebody and say hey how's it going so oh, this oh yeah you're really isolated yes yeah. yes i mean and we also live very far away from all of our friends yes so i mean we're and i can't leave the house right That's, that's the other thing. I, I honestly can't. Traveling is so excruciatingly painful. Yes. So this is our outlet to get out to the world. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, Dear Friends and Family was born. Yes. Well, I want to commend you guys. Your story is so neat. And it really is encouraging to see other people. I mean, experiencing these atrocious situations, not for a couple of months, but for years. Mm -hmm. like, yep. This this is chronic versus acute illnesses. There's such a huge difference because when you are dealing with these chronic issues and you're chronically spending money on medical stuff, there's just a limit. And when you hit those limits, your world becomes very small. Oh yeah. Yeah. And we hit every limit possible and yeah. our world became very small. And I have to tell you that this, our show, Dear Friends and Family completely changed my life. Um, honestly, it doesn't matter if nobody listens anymore because it has given me myself back huh. and it has given me hope. It has given me strength. It has given me purpose. And I wouldn't trade that for anything because the way I feel today after doing 14 episodes of that show is a gazillion times greater, better, bigger than I felt 14 episodes ago. Yeah. Well, and for me, it just, it really gets me out of myself. Like, right. you know, it's so easy for, you know, for me to get stuck in my situation of the fact that I can't get out of bed and that it sucks that, you know, I can't stand for longer than 15 minutes and blah, 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 blah. But when I'm listening to one of our guests and they're talking about, you know. The Watching their child have 5,000 seizures. Yeah. Like, right. you know. I'll I take mean, the pain any day. Yeah. yeah. And I'm. It's just like it just kind of puts life into perspective, but it also at the same time is it, it really makes me feel not alone. You know, yeah. when I was listening to your show, it was the same thing. It was like, wow, these guys have Lyme they disease, get it. but they get it like it's the same thing. Like, mm -hmm. you know, this is life now. Like life is is all about helping people and 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 spreading the word and getting the getting the awareness up on, you know, it might be invisible. You might not see this. You but might it's, not understand it. You might un not understand it, but it's real. Like right. it's, it's not something that, you know, if you, cancer is real, right? But you right. can't see it. Right. But, you know, when somebody has well, cancer. but you can yeah. in an x-ray. Yeah, or, you can see you it know in an x-ray. There's, right. there's proof. Evidence. There's so that there is a difference. But I'm saying in general. Like, let's let's use depression. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Mental illness. Yep. It is it is very real. Mm -hmm. You can't see it. You can't see it's it. It's the same as any other chronic illness. 
but that's yeah. that's yeah. that's the purpose for like shows like yours and shows like ours is to it is to just get that awareness out there that guys we may be ill but we are still living life we're still know? laughing like, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's awesome i mean dude life and here's the thing and i and and i don't want you to take this the wrong way but life sucks but we still are enjoying it right you know like we laugh we joke our kids are smiling our you know our kids went off to school this morning you know our daughter wanted to go to to the bus stop by herself oh because yeah she i walked with her a little and she's like mom i got it Aww. yeah <laughs> you know and so we're getting to experience them and they are happy and enjoying life and even though this is our new normal they've taken to it very well and they have stepped up and they do a lot more than normal kids would normally do but they enjoy it they laugh they joke yeah and their teachers see it like you yeah. know yeah yeah aj is at the top of his class you know oh yeah his teacher loves him yeah he you has know? lunch with his teacher at Aww. least twice a <laughs> <laughs> that's so sweet yeah so I mean yeah well what I feel like you guys are saying is yes like in spite of all the suckiness and the loss and the chaos you've still managed to create like you said a new normal that's this is not how normal families live we have that discussion a lot I'm like this is not normal no <laughs> but but now it is mm -hmm. it's yeah and it's okay Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's exactly, you know, that's why we talk about fighting and we have se have it segregated into three sites because fighting is a mindset. And you guys came to that point where you're, this is the new normal. This is the new mindset that we need to take forward. Yep. Which leads us right into the next portion, which is healing. And the way we like to define that is healing is a choice. And you guys have already spoken to that several times. But maybe you can speak more on as you... So you've got the mindset, we need to fight this. Um, we've talked about some of the medications you've experimented with. And even that is a hard thing. I mean, we've talked about medical marijuana. Like there's a social and emotional... Stigma. Stigma yep. and hurdles depending on your history. I mean, even that is a fight choice, just to mm -hmm. even explore that. I mean, you guys described your fight. Um, I mean, you guys had an argument, but it was also a fighting moment where you guys had to work through it to make that conscious choice that yes. this is what we're going to do and we're going to work it out anyway. Even though you're, you know, it, we've been married 15 years and... Things happen that you didn't expect. Sixteen years. Yes, <clears throat> we've been married eleven. Okay. So, I mean, we we get it because it is such, uh, you know, just to make the choice to do these things to keep moving forward. I mean, there was so many times where Sarah was like, "Why don't you get it?" And it took me a while mm -hmm. to get to the same mindset. Yeah, I mean, I knew I had been saying in 2013 was because I had chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia diagnosis for about seven years and eventually just kept getting worse and worse and started falling and the inability to stand. And so I'm, you know, I'm coming to him and we modified like he built a shop at our house and so he could work from home. We're right. making all these modifications, 
But within that, he did not understand how far downhill I was going. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, he was under a lot of stress to keep the kids afloat and the house afloat because I wasn't able to do what I had previously done. Mm-hmm. But yeah. even you guys having that conversation of like, okay, this this is not working anymore. That's so huge because I feel like we didn't really understand. I would communicate to him, hey, that we're, I'm going downhill. This isn't working. But because he didn't know what to do, he didn't do anything. Yeah. And we have like this two-year window that I feel like I just went downhill. He didn't get it. We didn't make choices quick enough. And that's part of why we want to do the show is because... There's so many, like you said, there's millions of people experiencing exactly what we're dealing with every yep. day. Yep. Aaron, they- I totally get where you were at that point because uh-huh. that's what happened to me, uh-huh. right? Like, I just didn't know what to do. Like, you just, <laughs> at some point, you just feel like, I have no solutions to this. This is completely out of my control. What the am I supposed right. to do? Yeah. And right. I mean, and I was going downhill too. I, I was getting worse and worse and worse. And I've, I've seemed to kind of plateau, but. There was a, a little bit of time where I went downhill really fast. Really fast. Really fast. I mean, from being able to, like, you know, stand and, and things like that to now when I have to leave the house, it's strictly in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, right. and I used to be able to just use a cane. I made myself a really cool cane. I, <laughs> and, you know, I was like, hey, you man. You can beat someone up with that cane. Yeah, I was like, if, I, if I'm going to rock a cane, I'm going to make a cool cane, you know? So I made myself a cool cane. And- That's awesome. <laughs> I know. I was looking for a pink. Uh, I had a red walker and I was about to paint it pink or have nice. someone paint it pink for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to okay. design a really Hold cool on. wheelchair. <laughs> Ooh, nice. Okay, so Aaron, what what exactly is it that you would like us to speak to on the topic of healing? Ah, yes. Well, as you guys were going through your healing process, the family healing that needs to happen, because you guys made a choice to address your family at one point. You saw things falling apart, and that's really kind of one, I, I think you guys are such a great example of that, I, I've loved listening to your podcast for that reason, because I wouldn't say that Sarah and I are bad parents, but we're doing the best we can with what we have, and that's really difficult when you do the best you can, and there's still a lack, Yep. and, and that is hard to accept that guilt. That is really difficult. I mean, we have spent so many nights just in total desperate sadness because of the loss that has been no matter what we did, no matter how hard we fought, no matter, you know, no matter how many hours I put in at work, it wasn't enough. Mhm. Oh, I I feel the the same way completely. Uh there's always a sense of lack. Yeah, I think that when you are chronically ill and you're raising children, I think that parents in general always have a sense of lack. Like there's, as a parent, every day, even before I was sick, there was something I could have done better. Mm-hmm. And I focused right. on it a lot, right? And I, especially with us both being sick and on days when like the kids really have to take over the house, you know, yeah. like we, it, there is guilt and there is that I'm not enough. And yeah. The, yeah. the fact is, is that I had to stop 
telling myself that. Mm -hmm. And I had to make a concerted effort that no matter what, today, I am enough because I am me. Yeah. And if I saw something in my day that I needed to do more of, like let's say one of my kids was really asking for my attention and I wasn't able to give it to them, I will make sure to give it to them first thing in the morning. Right? Like I immediately fix those problems that I saw in the lack in the morning just in little ways, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've found that those little ways with my kids have caused them to thrive. Yeah, yeah. and one of the other things that really uh, has helped us is a schedule. Yes. Uh, you know, because it's really hard as chronically ill people and trying to be, you know, web entrepreneurs and and trying to run a family and, and trying right. to run a business. <laughs> so it, it's it, it for us. It's really about finding that balance. And when we found that balance, is when we set up a schedule. Yes. And you know that schedule includes time for us, just for me and Patty. It includes time for just me and AJ or Patty and AJ. Uh, we play chess together with the kids. Uh, cards, or cards, or Pokemon. You know, we have family movie night where we, you know, where we have a movie. I like Lex can't go to the theater anymore, and we love going to the theater. So we get you know a little candy and some kettle corn, and we all sit together in the studio and watch a movie. Yeah, that's and awesome. Yeah, and so it's really, you know, it's really something that we try to do. We don't always do it good. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to tell you right now. I mean, I'm not trying to say I'm perfect at this, but what we try to we, we try to stick to that schedule and we tr- try to make sure that we have that balance. And sometimes, you know, when there's a deadline and, and you know, it's just... Balance is not achieved. Yeah, right. balance is not achieved because <laughs> it's like, oh, you know, I, I, need to, I need to get this show edited and I need to get it out. And what I'll do is I'll try to get my kids to come and hang out with me in the studio or, you know, something because I know I was supposed to be hanging out with them or I was supposed to be doing something. But... At the same time, I also feel really bad that I let them down because it's like, damn, I know I need to get this done, but I feel like a failure because I let them down. But But instead of focusing on that, you focus on, okay, how do I pick them back up right now? Exactly. And so hanging out with me in the studio or or doing, you know, doing something like I'll have them help me edit like, hey, what do you think of that? And mm. like, yeah, that I think that needs to come out, Dad. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or, he'll, they'll help him with making new beats, or like because we uh, make commercials and stuff like that. And so they'll help him make a new beat for a commercial mm-hmm. and get involved in pushing the buttons and picking the rhythms and things like that. And so, you know, you just you just kind of and and they fall in love with it, yeah, right? right? They want doing it on their own, and they they end up with these amazing skills. Like our kids are going to go out into the world, and they're all going to know how to weld. They're all going to know how to rebuild an engine. They're all going to know how to engineer sound. Mm-hmm. So it's really like we really incorporated them into the business, like yeah. you know, from the photography to the studio, uh, you know, so that. It's not just me and Lex. It's our right. family. Yeah. It's a family building thing. And it's we've we've always been of the mindset of this is a team, right? Yep. There's team no- Ayala. Yeah. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing stronger than our family team unit. And so our kids know that, we know that, and you know, our kids will call us out on stuff. Like oh, so Patty's awesome. been called out. Been, by I our get daughter. called out all the time. Yeah. Like what? <laughs> okay. So <laughs> Uh, we were we were, we were in a doctor's office and we, the whole family that we had to bring the kids with us because it was summer and every it was a very upsetting 
moment and I was crying and I was sitting in the corner and I had my arms crossed and my daughter came over to me and she tried to comfort me and I pushed her away. Mm. And she came to me that afternoon and she said, mom, I need to talk to you. When we were in the doctor's office and you pushed me away, that was not okay. You are not allowed to do that. Hmm. And those were her exact words as an 11-year-old girl. And I looked her in the eye and I said, baby, you are right. I was wrong. And I hugged her to me. And then all of a sudden, my 8-year-old chirps up and he's like, when you told us to leave the office and leave dad by himself, (laughs) you (laughs) And I was like, okay. He's like, we're a family and we stick together. We don't leave dad alone in the doctor's office. Mm. And I looked him in the eye and I said, you are absolutely right. I was wrong. And from that moment, I have earned the respect of my children. Mm. They occasionally question me a little too much. <laughs> <laughs> As kids normally. Yeah, do. I know. That's yeah, part of it. They, they, they will do that. But, you know, one but admitting of, I was wrong created a connection that of course. I don't think can be broken. Right. Well, one of the things that we try to teach our kids is that we're not perfect. No, we're just human. Because, <laughs> just because we're the adults doesn't mean that we're always right. Yeah. You know? Right. And so, and I'll tell my kids, you know what, buddy? I am so wrong. <laughs> yeah, I messed up. That was my bad. That's You're right. That's what's key in our family aspect is honesty, right? Mm-hmm. Honesty, honesty, honesty. We have to always be upfront with each other. You know, my kids know about things that a lot of other kids don't know about because they asked the right questions and I was honest with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you guys are, you're being not only conscientious with your time and your resources and your parenting, but you're being proactive too. You're, because we felt like we made a lot of decisions for a couple of years reactively. Like, mm-hmm. and you are, you're dealing with one obstacle after the other oh, that yeah. is just smashing you. And yet you still have to pick up and move forward and try to heal and do all that stuff. So I think you guys are just painting a really good picture of not letting the disease consume you. And I know we ebb and flow through different things. Everybody does. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, having a schedule, having the structure, then even if we're not up to par on that day, the kids are already used to that. That program unfolding and if their need doesn't get met that day they can have confidence that it will the following yeah and that's huge like that's what you want with your kids yeah now let me ask you this so one of the things we talk about is you know if you can survive the ordeal without it swallowing you you really do become bigger and better people on a lot of areas Do you feel like you guys would have been this conscientious as parents if you had not been sick or what has come out of out of your illness as far as being connected with your kids? Because you because that's hard for sick people to maintain connection. You Mm -hmm. have to put in so much more. It's hard for healthy people. Oh, yeah. Right. Right. Well. To be honest with you, we've always been family first. It's always been, uh, you know, my my kids have been in my shop. Like they've, my employees have have shown them how to do things. Uh, you know, it's always it's always been about family for us. But the one biggest thing that has changed, 
uh, since I've gotten sick is I've gotten a lot more patient. I've gotten a lot more. He had a very short fuse when he was working 16 hours a day in a metal fabrication shop and coming home and completely exhausted and the house is still a mess. And you know what I mean? So we had reached a point in our relationship with our children where uh, I was way too lenient and Lex was way too strict, you know, and because I was trying to make up for the strictness and he's trying to make up for the leniency. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so we just keep pulling in the opposite directions. And when he, you know, when this illness set in for him, that that intensity, that that pulling in that direction actually causes him physical pain. And so it sort of forced us both to come to the middle and uh-huh. I had to I had to step up. I had to step up my game. I had to become a respectable parent and not just somebody who was a passerby watching my family. Um, and he he had to step back and he uh-huh. had to be calmer and he had to be more patient. And because it, it, it physically it, hurts me. When yeah, I get right. I get frustrated or angry or when I yell at the kids or hey, go do your homework or stop messing around, that physically hurts me. Uh-huh. Yeah. And and so I can't do that as much as I used to. And so, <laughs> like this this illness is literally giving me patience. <laughs> it literally made him find peace and calm and th- that translates 100% over to our marriage. Right. I don't think that we would be as close as we are today if this hadn't ha- I mean, we are I have I've never had such great communication with another human being. I have had, and I've had great communication with other human beings, but he sees my soul. He sees who I really am. Uh And he touches me on an intimate and amazing level that nobody else has ever gotten to. Uh And he also sees through my bullshit and calls me on my bullshit. (laughs) Right? So there's this like perfect balance in our marriage right now of like, you are an amazing, beautiful woman and I am going to nurture that in you, but I'm not going to let you push me around. Huh. Right? Yeah. And that so, is so good. Yeah, I think you just nailed what it takes to be married. Yeah. yeah. Because you can't just be roommates. You no. can't just... You have to find that place of intimacy that you guys have found. It unfortunately took your sickness to do so. And unfortunately took Sarah's sickness mm-hmm. for us to do that same thing and in a way even though we're more beat up than ever in a way <laughs> we're stronger than ever yeah, yeah. For sure. exactly for sure. i mean we got some major scars mm-hmm. major that every once in a while fester and open up again <laughs> well and yeah. then you have to you know you have to start doing things mm-hmm. that you swore you would never do like mm-hmm. Uh, so we have a we're very sexual people are you know there's a there's a very big sexual component to our relationship and we're a good match for that and I swore like our marriage would never consist of scheduling sex yeah. <laughs> right like that that would not be in our life that yep. is not so we it was are gonna supposed have, to be spent spontaneous that's right mm-hmm. all, you know, sex will always be spontaneous because it's always that's what it should be and anything it, else is insulting right exactly right. exactly yes. Today I, today I schedule sex because yeah. there's a process to getting mm-hmm. him into a state that we can be intimate together. Mm-hmm. And I've learned to take that process and turn it into something sexy and beautiful and wonderful and intimate. And so scheduling sex is sexy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's a whole different ballgame now with us because it's like, 
you know, not only being intimate, but it's also like being able to, you know, have that that wholesome conversation with each other. And, you know, one of the things that I, I've noticed that is a huge difference between now and before I got sick is that before, if we had an issue with each other, it took a couple of weeks to really deal with it. Because, <laughs> to work it all out. Because right. it was like, okay, babe, I, I, I only got 45 minutes to deal with this and then I got to fall asleep and I got to go to work, you know? Right. <laughs> so it wasn't really like... I can't believe that's how our before bedtime interactions used to be. I know, right? <laughs> it's so insane to hear you say that. I'm like, that is so true. And yeah. that is so not my life today. Yeah. And so now when we have an issue with each other, it's, it's, it, we can't let it linger. Yeah. You know? It takes too much energy. Exactly. Yeah. So, it, you know, now we actually have to say, all right, babe, you know, I, I, I got to say it or, or she's got to say it. All right, we need to sit down. We need to work through this and get through it so that we can move on. Mm -hmm. And then we sit down and, you know, sometimes there's some yelling. Sometimes there's, you know, and we argue, but it's because we're very passionate people. And, you know, when you have that much passion, it just comes out. And that's the cool thing about our kids. Like they will hear us argue and they actually just kind of laugh about it because, after we're done arguing, we're just kissing and loving and hugging and, yeah. you know, and, and, and it's just, you They know, know mommy and daddy are just getting a little, you know, aggression just, out on each other. They'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, and, and so, you know, but our kids nowadays, they laugh about this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, but working through that now, it makes it, makes our connection so much deeper because we're not having to wait to grow for a couple of weeks because we're so busy. It's like, right. no, we need to grow right now. If we don't grow right now, it's yeah. it, we're just going to... Perpetuate the problem. Exactly. And we're just going to sabotage ourselves. And right. so we... So get out of your own way, man. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have... I, I'll, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I have a failure. I, I mean, I have a, um, a fear of success, you know, because it's like I, I, I've always been a very successful person. And with my skills, I've been put into some very cool situations. But I always get scared that, you know, people are going to rely on me. And so... You get scared and backs out. And then I just back out. And Patty has really been helping me through this because I can't do that right now. I can't be afraid to succeed because... can't get in our way right now. Yeah, I can't get in our way because if we do, we have no income right now. We have very little income. And so any time I get myself I get in my own way that means that I'm I'm taking you know money away from our family and so I have to be on my A game and I have to uh-huh. I have to get through that fear and she's been helping me through that and when I and when she sees me go into that she'll be like hey Lex <laughs> come on look at what I you're doing I see what you're doing yeah <laughs> right you know here's example x y and z <laughs> <laughs> And, and he does the same thing to me. So right. <laughs> and so when I and when she does that, I'm like, oh man. <laughs> all right, yeah. all right. It, right. It used to be in our relationship, someone say, "Hey man, I see you doing X, Y, and Z," and the other person would go, ding, ding, "What ding. the f- are you talking about, <laughs> man? This Finish is him. this is not what no. Uh-uh. <laughs> all and the now, defenses go up. Right. All the yeah. And now someone says, "I see you doing X, Y, and Z." And the other one goes, huh. Yeah. You're totally right. It's a change. It's a change in, in or how we we'll look say, at you things. know what? I don't think I completely agree with that. And this is why. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Right? But it's not this like you're not offended by it anymore. Yeah. yeah. No. Or or, or defending yourself. You know, right. The the funny thing is is that sometimes it'll it, it'll, you know, ding 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 fight. And it'll just go into a, a, a yelling match when we call each other out. And then after the yelling match is done, okay, well, maybe you were right. And we look, kind of look at each other and laugh a little bit. Like, why were we just yelling at each other? Because <laughs> <laughs> our world is crumbling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it is we're so frustrated and we're, you know, we're so passionate about each other that we really sometimes, in not even trying, we take things out on each other. And it right. just kind of... It just kind of blows up, you know, and yeah. so we just l- we're learning how to deal with that. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're not there yet. We're still learning. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not, progress, progress, man. Yeah, progress, progress not perfection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that topic is perfect for the last part of ours, which is is living. Mm-hmm. You know, we live, man. We totally live. <laughs> yeah, you have to get to that point. It's either live or die. Oh yeah, and mm-hmm. so I want to. I want to talk to all of the women out there who have women or men who have a chronically ill spouse. Okay. (laughs) Just for a minute. Yeah. So this is, this is part of living for me. My husband can no longer take me out on a date. We can't go to the movies. We can't go out to a restaurant. Mm. I have learned to make his favorite restaurant foods in my home (laughs) so that they're fresh, delicious, and he loves them. Right. Like that's something special that I do for him to show him, right? And we do it for a date night. And then I get dressed up. Like I will put on my best clothes or my best lingerie and I will get completely dolled up for him. Like we're going out on a date and he feels that like we'll sit at a table and we'll have candlelight and it's like we're at an actual restaurant and he has this beautiful wife with him and he can feel like he's not in his bedroom. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, make that routine of getting your chronically ill spouse to like make it sexy that extra effort to make it feel like a date even though you're at home right that's life this is that's life, life for me that is really cool you guys i mean that is that is living that's the outcome yeah you're the outcome is you're doing this in a place that's not as romantic as a hotel room Oh, no, that's the thing, man. That's the thing. No, no. Uh, we make, we make it, romantic. it that as romantic. Exactly. <laughs> when I, when I, when I, when I am actually in like a good physical uh, capability, I will do something for Patty where I'll yeah. make something nice for her. But what I'll do is I'll just completely transform the room and turn it mm-hmm. into something either romantic or something fun. relaxing or fun. Like if we're gonna have some fun and we're gonna have like a fun date. You know, I'll, I'll I'll set up like a movie setup and mm. and and kettle super corn. Super troopers, super troopers. You know, <laughs> or, or or something fun or you know, uh, perfect example. I got the perfect example for you. The other day we uh, were having just a really rough day, and Patty had to go out and do a bunch of errands with the kids, and she came back. And what I did is I set up the dominoes and cards and. You know, this is like eight o'clock at night. And it was so sweet because I love to play cards yes. and he doesn't really. I really. <laughs> and so it was like he made it, he was showing me like, I appreciate what you're doing. Let's play some cards because I know you love it. You know, like, yeah. I, I love that attitude. And so we had, you know, I set it up. I had music playing. You know, it was kind of like, you know, like a game night where we were just there and man we played for hours it was awesome awesome. you know (laughs) like it was such a great time and we laughed and 
fun is huge. Yes. Mm-hmm. If, if for us, I can go through anything as long as I have some time to have fun. Yes. Mm-hmm. If I can laugh wholeheartedly, I can take on anything. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so we make it a point to laugh a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's cool. Yeah, we've, we've walked the same path you guys have. Different names, but we have we have just been. I mean, it's it's so cool to hear you guys talk and and I mean we identify exactly with with your story. I mean, you guys are stronger in other areas than us, but living is an outcome. And I am close. I can't say I'm there, but I'm close to being thankful for this disease. I, I hear people say that, and I I I'm not quite there yet, if I'm honest, but. <laughs> There. I'm. Let me tell you something. I'm never going to be thankful for this disease. Okay. Yeah. No. Honestly, I, I, I can't see myself. I mean, how could I be thankful for something that causes me pain on mm. a regular no. basis? Like, I have watched my husband be tortured by his own body for over a year mm. and a half, and it breaks my heart every yeah. time he goes through a horrible episode. There is nothing that I am like, no, yeah. not at all, not one bit. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful and thankful that it. It's brought us together as right. a family. I'm grateful, I'm grateful that we can still laugh and that we yeah. are living the life that we're living despite what this is doing to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I, I will never be grateful for this never. disease. Never. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's just, I don't think it, it will ever happen. And yet you guys can still laugh. You can still have joy. You can still enjoy each other and your family despite the circumstances, which is so encouraging for those out there who are listening right now who are, I mean, perspective is so important because you guys could easily flip everything you've said and be totally justified and totally right in, in, in you're presented with hard circumstances. And yes, you know, you get what I'm saying? Oh yeah! Thank you so much for saying that. You know, like seriously, <laughs> there are tears in my eyes right Aww. now. Like, that was, thank you, thank you. Well, yeah. Uh, well, I'm recognizing what you guys have already done, so <laughs> I can't take too much credit. <laughs> well, the the thing is, is that it it's amazing because not a lot of people see it in our lives. Mm. A, a lot of people that we try to show that mm-hmm. look, you know, just because we have this illness we aren't dead Mm -hmm. we're not dead to the world it's just a new normal i can't leave the house you know come and hang out here come and i'll I'll cook for you i love cooking you know i I make amazing pizzas (laughs) uh you know i i have no problem just come to my house my door is always open yeah nobody shows up and the fact that you are seeing us that means a lot to us yeah good yeah you know that's one of the things we've talked about is Um, you know, Aaron was always really good at complimenting me for whatever I was capable of doing. And I was really hard on myself because I'm like, okay, I can't do this and I can't do that. And our house is a disaster. And, and yet he would say, he's like, I see the amount of effort you're putting into this. Like, yes, everything is still a mess, but you're putting in so much effort. And I think we've like grown to have this mutual respect for each other in the sense of like, we're not just a team. Like we desperately need each other to both be in, in a good place mentally and spiritually and physically because we kind of can't handle the other person crashing emotionally or 
you know, it, it really takes both of us to fight the battles that we're up against every day. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think we're starting to get to that place. I suffer mm. from uh, severe depressive disorder and anxiety and uh, it, it kicks in a lot and yeah. it causes me to do things that I don't really want to do and to act ways that I don't really want to act. And that gets in my way a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And so it, I, I strive to get to a place where we are both just equal in that emotional space. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's one of ours. That's one of the things that we're still working on is just, you know, Patty tends to check out sometimes when she feels overwhelmed, mm -hmm. which is often. Yeah, <laughs> I'm right there next to you. Yeah. And so, you know, me, I'm very analytical. I'm very, you know, all right, let's fix this problem and move on. That's right. Not, you know, so it's like it. it it sounds like you and Sarah are a lot of like. Right. Yeah, ex that's exactly what it is. Sarah is the Sarah is the get it done. Oh my gosh, do you never stop, woman? Kind yes. of personality and. Well, I'm and see that created problems for us as I went downhill because I was the communicator, I was the event planner, I was yep. the one who really managed and staged the events, whether it was like a family movie night or a party. I yep. did. Yeah, she I did. would look at me and I would be like, what? <laughs> what am I supposed to? I don't know how to do that. What are you yeah. talking about? <laughs> we had the same conversation. It was like, it was like so funny. We've babe. had that conversation many times. Yeah. 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 I, ha I have a fear when I'm about to go down and I can't move and I know that I'm going to be down for a few days. He's yeah. worried that I'm going to go down. Right. Yeah. I'm yeah. afraid that, you know, damn, you know, Patty is going to is going to get overwhelmed and she's going to crash. And then I'm going to have to force my way through this because I can push through the pain. But when I push through the pain, it actually makes it worse. Right. And yeah. so, yeah. That's you know, Sarah. if I don't if I don't call uncle when I need to, I'm just going to keep pushing through that pain. So mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's a, that's a really fine balance. And it's also frustrating because. Well, for me, I'm like, I know I'm capable of so much more, and yet this is all I have at the moment. Yep. And well, and with me, it's been interesting. With, same with you, Patty. I don't have fibromyalgia, but what I do have is chronic allergies. And I never really acknowledged it until just recently because it really has wiped me out for probably two to four weeks a year. Like wow. not not working, in bed. Yeah. Totally. So, like, I've never acknowledged it as a chronic illness until recently when I started thinking about it. I'm like, I actually have been losing three to weeks four and weeks, weeks every at a year. time. Yeah. Wow. So, to back it up, you know, here Sarah's crashing and I'm having an allergy attack because of whatever pollen or is happening that day. Mm -hmm. And we're both dead in the water. We're both. Yeah. Because it causes me to have. A basically a brain fog and I you know sometimes I can be in a lot of pain because of it and then of course I feel like I have a, a cold mm -hmm. so there's achiness and yep. sinus and it's just as bad in some respects so we have had times where we've both been down yeah. my fibro mm -hmm. kicked in right and he and was going through, through. An ep yeah, and he he was going through an episode so I want to mm -hmm. tell you the this is this is how we have built our family uh, so we were both in bed and at about 9.30 that morning, there's a knock on our door 
and our children walk in with two plates of breakfast, wow. eggs, bacon, sausage, bagels, absolutely beautifully cooked in perfect <laughs> condition, perfect tasting condition. Wow. Like It tasted amazing. I mean, yeah. I, I, it was – so we've taught they, our but, kids but, how to cook, right. like really cook. So, but they come in with this food and they're like, good morning, here's your breakfast in bed and you guys just stay there. <laughs> and they went and handled their morning. Yeah. And it was – it was beautiful. It was, I was so, I've never been so grateful, you know, <laughs> yeah. the things that I've taught my children. Well, uh, and since this is our new normal, the kids know that like, you know, I, I had the conversation with the kids that, you know, when this first started happening and I was, you know, uh, trying to just figure out what my limits were and what, you know, what I could actually do. They were really scared because I would be collapsed up. a lot. Yeah, I would collapse a lot, mm. or I would be in the room for days on end or weeks at a time, and they wouldn't see me. And so they would get really scared that something was happening with me. Mm-hmm. And so now, you know, I had so I had to tell them, hey, look, there is going to be times, guys, with this condition that I'm going to be in bed and I can't move. It doesn't mean anything is. Like, it doesn't mean that I'm dying or that something is going, you know, going to happen. It just means I need to This rest. is our new normal. Daddy has to be in bed. Yes. And so now they know, hey, dad, you need to sit down, take a break. Or, you know, they know that. They start to see the signs. Just right. like I <laughs> Right. Because we've all witnessed Lex fall and crack his head open, literally. And mm. so we're all very aware of the signs that lead up to a collapse. And so the kids will literally, like, he'll be standing there washing dishes and the kids will bring a chair over behind him and say, mm. you need to sit down for a minute yeah. and he'll sit down for a minute, you know? And so we're all very hyper attentive to how his body is. And since yeah. this is our new normal, everybody knows. We're all cool with it. Yeah. Everybody's no cool with deal. it. This is standard operating procedure, yep. you know? And so when we're down, when we're both down, life continues normally. Yes. Huh. And how old are your kids? 11, 8, and 6. Okay. Okay. It's interesting. You know, our, we have, our two youngest are really intense because they have attachment disorder. And a lot of the chaos that we deal with, with them specifically, it's been interesting because, like we've talked about, like, Trauma makes everything gray. It's not like black and white. Oh, this is right. This is wrong. This is a good decision. (laughs) Totally. Totally. Yeah. And it's been interesting because I had done a ton of research and reading and worked for an adoption agency for a couple of years. And I knew what trauma did to your brain. I knew how it changed your personality. But as I've gone through my own trauma now and trying to come out of it and recover, I find myself doing the same thing that they did like okay they go to school all day they held it together when they're getting off the bus if they happen to trip and stub their toe they're completely hysterical because they held it together the whole day Mm -hmm. and I have the same reaction where I'm you know I hit too many bumps in in the road and you know three or four bumps later I'm overwhelmed and I'm hysterical thinking like okay this is falling apart I you know a lot of the guilt and all that stuff starts to unfold for me. And yet I know it's trauma. It's our, we're reacting to the psychological, to the chemical trauma that our bodies are going through. Oh yeah. 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 
And it's intense work. It is. You're right. It is so intense because you have to be on. You have to be engaged. You have to be aware of everyone's needs. And that's a lot for healthy people. You know, Sarah, we just interviewed somebody yesterday who, who told us about the spoon theory. Oh, yeah. You, do you know about it? Yeah, go ahead. Tell, tell it for our listeners who may not know it. So Okay. So there's a woman. And she is sitting in a booth at a cafe and she is trying to explain to her friend why she doesn't have enough energy to get home. And her friend just can't get it. So the woman goes and grabs all the spoons she can find in the cafe. And she sits down and she says, look, it took me 10 spoons to get ready. It took me 15 spoons to get here. And I only have four spoons left. And I, you know I need 15 to get back home. Right. And so it's this lack of energy this you only have a certain allotment for the day yeah yeah and i mean and the funny thing is is that i've always been trying to explain that to patty because i you know i just i just term it as energy it's like i only have so a certain amount of energy for the day when that energy is done that's it Mm -hmm. so i have to pick and choose what i'm going to do so if i'm going to do an interview that's the only thing I'm doing that day because it right. takes a lot of energy out of me. Mm-hmm. It, you know, talking to you right now takes a lot out of me. Yeah. Right. So I know that I'm not really going to schedule anything huge for the rest of the day. No, I'm just <laughs> going to rest right. for the rest I'm, of the day. I'm just going to rest for the rest of the day. You know, yeah. so it's just, it's, I have this allotted energy for the day and I have to be very conscious of how I use that energy. Yeah. And those are such hard lessons to learn because even fun things like yep, probably like us, you're really going. (laughs) I know you're enjoying yourself right now, but you're probably if you're anything like Sarah, you're probably getting we're at what an hour and 30 minutes now. Yeah. So you're probably feeling it. You're probably your your muscles are starting to ache from being in your seat too long, et cetera, et cetera. (laughs) We're both starting to squirm. Yeah. So maybe we do need to take call it i mean you guys we're gonna have to talk again you know this yep. oh yeah so and, we were hoping that we could interview you guys for our show sure yeah yeah that'd be really fun let's do that do you guys want to leave us do you have a a reader you're reading that's inspiring oh. someone you look to that you gain wisdom from like do you want to leave us with a quote or a thought yeah I, I, my my personal model that is always this is how I live life. If you're not having fun at what you're doing, why are you doing it? I live life to enjoy it, not to be beat up by it. Mm. So it's that's what I. And my current motto is: I will persist until I achieve. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm working on right now. Like I just I I. The word I can't is no longer in my vocabulary. Yeah. You know, we've been on that same journey of not saying I can't or I'm done or, but saying, okay, how can we make that happen? How yeah. can we afford this? How can we, can we make that happen? Well, the, the thing about it is that, you know, it's sometimes I can't comes out automatically. Yeah. Auto response. Yeah. It's like an auto response. You know, before, before you even think about the, the issue or the problem of what's going on, you go straight to, I can't. Mm-hmm. And when we do things like that, it really shuts us down. Limiting. Yeah, you just limited yourself. You, you just know? said that you, you, you just limited your abilities. Yeah. 
And, and your thought process. And as a fabricator, I've always been trained to think outside of the box. Right. You Instead know? of saying I can't, you say, how well, can, how I, do can I work my way around that? Right. And that's the way I've always kind of like, how can I do that? Not I can't. It's like, hmm, how can I do that? Let's right. make it happen. So I'm trying to adopt that attitude. <laughs> <laughs> she's actually doing really good at it. She's been, she's been doing really, really, really good at it. So, yeah, we definitely need to talk again. This yeah. Is in- yeah, I want to interview you guys where you guys are the talkers. Okay. <laughs> we can I, do that. I'm so, I feel like... No, don't apologize. That's it's the point perfect. of the interview. Yeah, we, we feel like this energy and this sense of, you know, conscientiousness with you guys and trying to make the best of the situation. And that's what we wanted to hear from you is, you know, there's millions of people in the exact same situation who are in survival mode. They're trying to keep their head above drowning and hearing it from people who have been down the road and can at least even give them some inkling. That's huge because it's so powerful. So I'm going to tell you everything that we told you today is 100% true. And I'm going to tell you what my son handed me from my front door yesterday. Okay. 24-hour notice for the electricity to be shut off. <sighs> this is real. Like I know. This is our daily struggle. And every like i still feel the same exact way i feel like we're gonna be okay we're gonna mm-hmm. get through this and we're gonna work it out let's go yep we got yeah. till 315 uh, we have until 315 today to get that bill paid yep. well, how are we gonna do it let's do it <laughs> okay so we have had the exact same we take aaron's home on wednesday when we try to schedule all our interviews and stuff yeah and how many wednesdays have we woke up to the water being shut off water electricity or internet yeah when yeah, you do no an interview joke. and your internet's <laughs> yeah. off oh, yeah. that's a problem we had that happen we lost an interview because our internet got shut off <laughs> and then no. we you know, and the thing is is like this just started school a couple of weeks ago and we had just gotten the water and the gas turned back mm-hmm. on and so now here we are two weeks later we're about to lose electricity it's like Man, none of the other bills really matter because electric- Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know it's a hard road, you guys, and I think you're doing it with grace and laughter, and it's it's gonna be contagious. Yeah. Thank you. Because it's working. These are awesome. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having us. We we've been. Uh, this has been great. Yes, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you guys. Hi folks, I wanted to tell you about Audible. Sarah and I love Audible. We use it to listen to all the books. I'm an auditory learner, so I love to just listen. I get distracted too easily when I'm... uh, just sitting there reading. There's too much going on in my life anyway. What with the podcast and full-time work and all the other things that life throws at you. Basically the only time you have is in your commute. So all these books that Sarah has been telling me, you gotta read this book. I just do it on my commute and uh, I can do it while I do my chores. So I don't feel like I'm wasting time reading a book. I can uh, multitask and get my chores done along or my work and listen to Audible. If you want to get this offer, all you got to do is go to linevoice.com. Look for the button on the right-hand side. It'll say, get your free Audible download. Once you sign up through Audible, you will get uh, your first month free, your first download free. And after that, you get billed monthly. And, and, you know, there's a lot of times where I'm counting down the days. You know, money's a little too tight. can't spend 
another 20 bucks on a book but at the end of every month you get one free credit and you can use it for whatever book you want so hope you guys enjoy audible as much as sarah and i did thanks for helping support line voice disease is contrary to life therefore wherever disease exists life must also fight to exist good job fighting line fighters keep it up we'll see you next time Lime Voice contains general information about medical conditions and treatments. The information is not advice and should not be treated as such. Okay, Lincoln? Okay. The medical information on Lime Voice is provided as is without any representations, warranties, expressed or implied. Okay? Okay. Lime Voice makes no representations or warranties in relation to the medical information on this podcast. You must not rely on the information on this podcast as an alternative to medical advice from your doctor or other professional health care provider. If you have any specific questions about your medical matter, you should consult your doctor or other professional health care provider. And for you, you consult your parents, okay? Okay. If you think you may be suffering from any medical condition, you should seek immediate medical attention. You should never delay seeking medical advice, disregard medical advice, or discontinue medical treatment because of information on this podcast. Got it, Lincoln? Got it. From the creators of Line Voice and disappearing from society comes a brilliantly simple idea. But this time, it comes as a book. Imagine a world in which birds can talk like people. You'll get a bird's eye view of life with Lyme disease as one bird family must unite to overcome the obstacles of life with Lyme disease. Guaranteed to make you laugh and cry. Written in a way that helps you articulate the losses you are experiencing as a household while simultaneously empowering you to keep fighting. Little Bite, Big Trouble is available today at Amazon.com.